This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be sh- And now your host, TJ. All righty, and here we go again. It's the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod, Chicago Fire post game. You know, Pat and I talked about it last week. It's a lot easier to record when you win than when you lose. But tonight, Fire on the short end of a three to one loss to New York City FC. Pat's busy doing his write up, his post game stuff. So tonight, I was lucky enough to be joined by edit, senior, former editor, senior editor of OTF Soccer. I've got Brian Battle here. Um, I've been meaning to get him on the show anyway, because he's been a fire fan as long as I can remember. He's always got great opinions. The only thing we got to hold against him, he is an Everton guy. So we'll hold that again. <laughs> but that said, Brian, thanks for joining me tonight. Um, let's talk about the game tonight. Three to one, fair result, unfair result. Let's start there and we'll kind of go into it from that. Uh, I, I mean, I agree. Um, it's much easier to talk about a win. So uh, if you had me for the Cincy game, this would be a, a joyous affair. Um, yeah, I don't know if it was fair. I think they looked really good for a lot of that game. Um, then I looked at uh, who scores stats afterwards, and the numbers look less great. So maybe it was maybe it was fair. I feel like Fire were in it more than uh, what wound up being the you know the score. So what are you gonna do? No, and you know what? And that's kind of, it, to me it kind of paralleled the Columbus game. And there were spe- there were spells and each the first half and then to open the second half, they were really good. They gave up that second mm-hmm. goal and that was it. It was kind of like the wheels started coming off from there. It also similar reminded me of the Columbus game and the fact that the defense was just ick most mm-hmm. of the night. Every time, yeah. every, every time NYCFC seemed to get in a scoring position, I'm sitting there going, you just didn't it, it didn't seem organized it didn't seem on top of their they didn't seem on top of their game tonight and nycfc has struggled they what they had three goals all year coming into tonight or something along those lines and or maybe that's just since they've gotten out of the bubble but um they weren't good to, i mean give up three to a team that was that was scuffling along so yeah i mean i gotta agree and disagree um okay. <laughs> like when when NYCFC got into the offensive half, they started stringing together these passes and looking like really slick. Um, but the press, I can't believe I'm saying this, Chicago Fire press is phenomenal. Um, I mean, they did it against Cincinnati and like it looked excellent. And then they came out and did it again against a team that's way more capable of breaking that press. And they were clearing balls like from the 10 yard box. Like they just couldn't get out for a lot of, a lot of the game until I think the fire kind of ran out of gas about the 30 minute mark in the first half. And um, I don't know if they ever put the gas back on in the second half. Um, so I think, I think uh, Miola mentioned this during the game too, that um, these sort of gaps start opening up like uh, mm-hmm. in the way they play too, which is somewhere between a four, two, three, one, and maybe a four, four, one, one with Alistair at a, a center advanced, but it's once you break that press, it, it looks dismal. Um, and I've got a, I got a hot take about Navarro later, but sure. We'll uh, get to, if you, we will definitely get to him. Cause, um, all right. yeah. Cause I mean, the format, 
like I said, we did the first one I ever did with this was within today. So this is an evolving process. So what I want to do tonight is we're going to kind of go over the the goals, and then I like I said, start with an overall assessment. We'll go over the goals, and then I and then I wrote down ratings for all the players. I'm going to throw them to you. You have not heard these yet, and nope. I'm going to throw them to you, and I'm going to let you say I agree, disagree, and we can talk about them, and we'll come to a final consensus. I figure that'll be kind of that's always kind of fun because I can think of any game I've ever watched. When there's ratings right after the game, I'm going to look at them. I'm going to read through them and see what I think of them. Especially like um, MAC Sportsnet always did them with pro soccer talk and do them after U.S. national team games. Same with, you know, and that's usually where it comes from. So I'm like, this could be some, this could be fun. So, all right. So we get, we start off with, with NYCFC struck first. I mean, like you said, the press with the fire was really good. I, I agree with that. That, and it's, they, NYCFC struggled to break out. Here it was. They got a corner kick. Ball got cleared. Comes back in. Keaton Parks gets a goal. Um, it, the basics are Pineda looked like he went to step. Seculik mm-hmm. didn't. I, and the other thing I have in my notes is Connor Sparrow. He's the number three for a reason. We'll get into more of that later. And it looks like he kind of waved at it. There was no... It, Either he didn't see it or there was no effort to get down. He kind of went down on a knee, but never mm. even threw an arm out at it. Not necessarily saying he's going to get it, but as a former goalie, he got to do more than what he did with that. Um, so, I mean, Pineda put himself in a bad spot by stepping up when Sekulich didn't. And so Connor uh, Keaton Parks gets the first goal in the 17th minute. Frustrating because again, like you said, that press was working, and then when when but when they got through it, it it caused chaos. Yeah, it was rough, and I mean, I love that Pineda exists on this team, um, mm-hmm. and you you did see in that replay that he he jumped the line, which was a smart move. Um, if he knew there was no one, if he was setting the line, like I don't know how that even works for that team, but he doesn't know who's behind him. Um, well, I, I think he took he took the blame for that in the press conference too that he he probably shouldn't have stepped forward. But I mean, Sekula can see him, so why is he leading on that line on the on the you know, far right? But so yeah, I, and and I agree with I, I Miola saying afterwards maybe Pineda should have been sliding in something along that, and that's fair too. I but your center backs are the ones that tell you to step. And they know when that should be. So I, I feel like Sekulich is a little bit responsible, is a lot more responsible than that because he's the one that has to recognize that and go, especially as somebody, he's not a kid. He's been around for a little bit. He should know better than that. Um, however, I agree with you I, that Pineda exists on this team. I, I, I enjoy Pineda. I enjoy watching him grow. I think he's going to be very, very good. Between him and Sekulich, not, not their finest moment. Again, like I said, Sparrow kind of waved at it. So they're down 1-0. Then they went on the front foot for most mm-hmm. of the rest of the second half. Most of the rest of that half, they were on the front foot chances after ch- they had quite a few chances. Um, right before, you know, right into right before it, there was Barrich had to get on the end of it. He didn't allow oh, Johnson to get, make the so save. Close. Johnson makes the save. And then on the ensuing corner um, comes in, it was headed over by uh, Calvo, who's often Calvo. a target on this show. But Calvo makes a nice cross. Pineda standing all alone. Pineda heads it in one to one right at the halftime whistle. You know, halftime whistle, and you felt good going into halftime because it felt 
fair. It really did. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I get it that, that it was at the gun when they got the got the tie the tie and goal, but they were playing well at that point. So that seemed fair going in at one one. Second half comes out again. They're on the front foot. They're getting a few chances, and then the second goal. Um, my notes I have. I, Sparrow, I, I've got Jimenez's ball watching on that one, and I looked at it several times. The opening that was there, Jimenez got, like I said, he got caught ball watching. Again, Sparrow waves at it. They're down now, down two to one. And Miola said it then, and I agreed with it then, and I still agree with it. It was truly against the run of play when um, Tinnerholm got got the goal. He's, and I get it, Morales is good, but at the same time. You can't be standing watching Morales do his thing and leaving Tinner home wide open. So that put him that put him behind the eight ball. Now you're chasing the game. Seventy fifth minute. Yeah. Go ahead. What, do you, ahead. what what was your well, take? On I mean, that? against the run of play. I mean, people use that term all the time, but it is such a gut punch when those work because I, if you know for for all rational viewing of that first part of the second half, the Fire looked like the superior team. They're cycling the ball. It's great possession, um, great footwork. I mean, I don't know when Jimenez was, he was doing these like soul rolls over the over the top of the ball. Like it was looking amazing, and then suddenly like this this goal comes out of nowhere, and it's like uh, we're lost. Like this is ridiculous. And again, it was down that that right channel, uh, the channel between Navarro mm-hmm. and Calvo, um, or you know, the hypothetical channel because sometimes Navarro is coming so close to Calvo that that wide that wide channel is open um and that was i think all three goals started from that that far right side where navarro at some point bornstein should be um no that that's correct correct that's 100 percent correct i didn't even think of it that way but it, like i said as, as i'm looking through this um yeah i mean that is that's the side of of Navarro, Herbers is supposed to be over there. Although Herbers seemed a lot more central tonight than yeah, they Wait. they flipped. It may have been Frankowski by that point, but um, yeah, it was it was open season on that right side, um, and it was painful to watch. But sorry, let's get to the uh, let's get to the the painful the rest of the pain. All right, well, the third goal, seventy fifth minute. Obviously, you're chasing the game. I think they moved to three at the yeah. back at that point. Um, they, they cross Tinnerholm dribbles around. I think he went through Navarro's legs, crosses it back, and there was he's all by he's all by his lonesome. Um, mm-hmm. You've got Alexander Ring standing with nobody within four or five yards of him. Again, Calvo. I, I my notes. I've got Calvo standing around doing nothing. Um, mm-hmm. That one came in off the right. Sekulik is standing six yards away from Jimenez, two six yards look disinterested by that point. I get it. You're trying to chase the game and get the offensive and didn't No, it was a, was the second goal that came on the counter. Like, wasn't it on a straight, like almost like fire almost had the goal on the one end. And then the second, that was the second, but it, it's either way you watch that last goal. You've got three or four defenders that had dropped into cover and were standing around doing nothing. I think Pineda took somebody coming through. And then you, like I said, Calvo's, really marking air. Sekulik had dropped back with the back line, but really never stepped anywhere near. He's got nobody near him. Ring is his nearest mm-hmm. defender. Jimenez, the same thing. There's nobody near him. That should be where they're going to mark. I get it. You're chasing the game. You're tired. Not a good goal to give up. That makes it three to one. And that kind of was the, that was the end of it from there. 
not that it was much more. So a three to one loss against a team against a good team. Um, Same record if ish two four one versus two five zero. It seems like a lot of the MLS world is butthurt about NYCFC playing in New Jersey. I guess I really don't care. Um, I get it. If you're not going to have fans, I would rather see if I'm an NYFC, uh, NYCFC fan, if I can't go to the game, I'd rather have them playing in Harrison because it's a full soccer field instead of watching them on that, that crap ass uh, Yankee stadium field. It is that watching on a baseball diamond, the angles are like they're confusing. You feel like you're watching it in like a like a funhouse mirror. It's just a very strange experience to watch. So yeah, on TV, I'll take Red Bulls Arena any day, and I'm sure away teams would too because that field, Yankee Stadium field, is tiny. I don't think it's even regulation. Like it's it's within like inches of not being a legitimate FIFA field. Correct. Um, so <laughs> had to change their entire strategy when they played there. Um, I know uh, Vieira, was that who was coaching? He was doing like a, a WM formation because the yes. pitch was so strange. Um, at least it's, it's a normal field. I think that's an, an advantage uh, or an advantage that NYCFC lost when they moved to Red Bull, but perhaps, didn't help here. Perhaps. No, it didn't here. And, and maybe this team is better suited for that kind of field. Like I said, it, it looked a lot better and, you know, and somebody as somebody who, like me who watches enough USL games where they are on baseball diamonds, to see them on a regular field is it's a, it's a nice change of pace because those games at Yankee Stadium they hurt, they really hurt to watch. And you I know, don't it, think it, like they hurt my eyes. They like aesthetically hurt my like mm-hmm. I can't. It seems like they're filming it from a, like a, three miles away. It's like flat. It's weird. You can see like the like the um, warm-up, like that, the on-deck circle is very strange. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. So, all right. So, I anyway. guess, yeah, let's, we're moving on. I was curious about what your <laughs> thoughts on it was. I, like I said, if I'm an NYCFC fan, it's a, if I because I can't go to the game, I'd rather watch it at Red Bull Arena than try to watch that at Yankee Stadium. But anyway, um, so like I said at the beginning, we're I've got some ratings here. I kind of want to go through them and get your thoughts on them and see I where I think I'm already going to disagree with you on one of them. Probably we'll probably agree on a, disagree on a bunch of them, and you, right. you can, I am I am more than willing to say my mind can be changed. This is not a question of that, so this is just what I wrote down and kind of went from there. So we're gonna start with we're gonna start with with um we're gonna start with Robert Barrich because he you know because that's just the first name I wrote down. This is just how I wrote him down, and mm-hmm. for Barrich, I gave him a four. He was involved in the play, and my thinking is he's involved in the play. He had his chances. He's a designated player. He has to do something with those chances. I'm starting to, I get it. He and that, and I think that was as much of why he was pulled when he was. He's supposed to be scoring goals. He's not scoring them. At some point, you're a designated player. You got to do more. The fact that he's getting the chances, good. But that's below average for somebody like him. And that's why I said I, I gave him a four. I don't know what was your thought. I mean, I'm, I was, I said five, if five is the middle, I feel like he always puts in the work. He's going to get back and do hold up play. He's going to try to like knock on or flick on balls if he's not getting service. And I don't think he was getting service today. And maybe that wasn't the plan. Um, but yeah, it was, he had some, he had some chances and 
he's been clinical this year sometimes and other times like excruciatingly close. And this was one of those excruciating moments. So yeah, I'll give him a four based on his player profiles, his salaries, his expectations. It was a definitely below expectation. I mean, being the first sub out as your star striker, not so great, especially when you're subbed in for Collier, but <laughs> that's, that's, that's for later. Correct. And, and okay. So, and, all right. So I and and it's funny you you said a five and I didn't disagree with that either because he does so many of the dirty he does the dirty work really really well. But again, when you're a designated player and you're the one supposed to be scoring goals, you need to score the goals when you're given the chances. Right. And he had a few tonight that he didn't make. So I think we missed the pong a little. I think that would have been the first guy off the bench because he can put in um, he can you know punch the clock right. and he's he's an effort guy. He's also a really smart player, but he's an effort guy and I um, I think he's My, missed here. Based on what I'm hearing, what I've heard from Pat, and I think Pat's talked about, I don't know if we'll see him this year. Um, huh. So I, I believe it's on his Instagram that his fiance gave birth and the baby was premature. He's got to take care of that. And I said it when he left, and nobody knew why he left. Is he he left because his girlfriend, his fiance is pregnant out in California. He went to go deal with to go mm-hmm. deal with that. I, and I believe it's on his Instagram that they had they had the baby. The baby was early. He has to take care of that. You know, prayers for his family and just that everything gets taken care of. But my point at the time was, I don't care why. They, if they have to leave because they have to go take care of a family thing, you don't even worry about it. I agree. Sapong would have helped in this type of it because he is such an effort guy. and He's such a integral part that way. But at the same time, I don't know if we'll – my speculation is he – because even when he gets back, he still has two weeks in the, of, of quarantine, of quarantine yeah. and passing and so on and so forth. So, all right. So, let's move on. Yeah. I've got I've – got, um, Alvaro Madron. I, I, I have a four for him. I, again, my, my concept is I didn't see him when he was on the ball. He was good. I don't think there was enough of it when he was on the ball. And again, as you're, if he's your number 10 or he's, he's one of your, one of your eights, he, he should be doing more than what I saw of him tonight. And he was just kind of there. I, he wasn't terrible. He just wasn't very good either. Not, not compared to some of the other nights when he has been dominant in the game tonight, he was just kind of used just another guy. All right. Well, I was thinking that one of the questions tonight might be like, who has been your biggest surprise and has been your biggest disappointment. Um, so I was thinking about that and I think there's, there's not many disappointments. Um, so from a drawn, like, I'm not, a, uh, I, none of us are experts because we're, otherwise we'd be involved in the professional game in some way, but sure. I think I think Madron and, and Jimenez's like um, relationship is really interesting on the on the field, and I think it's really interesting to watch where Madron goes mm-hmm. uh, during certain certain points of play. Um, he sits further back than Jimenez, which I didn't expect because he's sort of smaller. I picture him; he's like a weak side center middle, um, but he rotates the play, he switches balls like with perfection. I think he has an amazing touch. Um, really good close control and like puts in balls, um, but he's not always present. I think he chooses his moments to get up and involve himself in the game. And when he does, it's always interesting. So I I was positive about him today. Okay. He's really quiet though. So I mean, he's only, he only shows up when I think he sees his moment, which is, you know, maybe it's an efficiency of energy because apparently he's not hundred percent fit. But I would put him in like six or seven. I really liked how we looked today. Okay, I, and that and the, and I guess I I don't disagree with that either. Just in the sense of 
maybe maybe that was a plan that he was more withdrawn. And I guess I'm used to maybe more before Alisada was out there when he was more of the 10 and was more heavily involved in the attack. But tonight he was, like I said, he was kind of, I don't know about a six or seven, but I could definitely bump it up to a five just because he, again, he was where he, if he's the weak side guy when um, with Jimenez on the strong side as, as a pairing, either eights or maybe even sixes, I, I guess I could buy that. I, I could buy he wasn't awful, but like I said, usually I feel like he has more of a stamp on the game than he did tonight. For sure. Some of his service today in the corners, especially when we needed him late in the game, you know, they didn't clear that first guy, and that, that mm-hmm. can't happen. All right, so we're going to go with Frankie next because that's again I just wrote these down I just wrote these down as I was going on my on my tablet and they're not in any particular order so I'm going to I'm just going Frankie's become a disappointment to me. He looks lost. To me he looks lost. He looks like he's not contributing at the at the end of last year and the first part of this year he was involved, he was an important piece. He looks lost, he looks frustrated and he looks confused and maybe that's just the change with the adding of Alisada Jimenez, you know, the changes that they have versus, you know, who he, with what he had before, but with, uh, you know, maybe it was just having Bronico behind him or whatever. I have a three for him tonight. Again, for somebody who's got a call for the Polish, the Polish national team, you need to have an impact on this game. Mm-hmm. He didn't tonight. And he looked almost like he was pouting at various times in the game. So I, again, I, and maybe this is part of it. Having watched Frankowski have some really, really dominant games, tonight was not one of them to me. Uh, yeah, this is not a. I mean, he had a lot of opportunities, but when those opportunities don't turn into, you know, finishing passes or shots, then you're like, what? What are we left with? Um, he did move from the right to the left. I think uh, Matrita was just abusing him on that side. It looked like he had a cut on his nose at some point. And he's been a little filthier this year too, which I enjoy. He's been really feisty, um, but yeah, I don't think he could. He couldn't get that that final something today. He he always had some he had some flashes, but nothing like materialized. So I I do think he's lost. I think it's because he's been asked to play right wing, right mid, and right wing back, and apparently it's left wing in the in the first six games. Um, and you put one of your you put your best player in a position that they can be familiar with and. I think you keep him on the right mid and let him do his thing. Um, I think him and Sekulik have a really interesting relationship too on that right side, but they're keeping Franco, sorry, that's what I call him as a nickname and no one else does. They keep Frankowski wide. Like his feet are on the, on the uh, touch line. And Sekulik is cutting in. So that might be limiting some of Frankowski's otherwise opportunities to get into the box because he is the, he is supposed to hold the line wide with, um, with an underlapping, Right wing back sure. doing some of the work, but yeah, I I, I think your number's fair. So I talked a lot and then completely agree with you. So that's and then that's fine. not a, not a worry that way. Um, it's it's interesting. You, um, Mitria was that um with NYC? Yeah, that's the left back. Um, that that dude's a hack. Physical. He's a yeah, hack. Well, <laughs> he's borderline he, shit. I mean, he's borderline crap. I mean, he really is. I don't have any say. I don't have an opinion on him as a. As I a don't have a horse in the I fight. Know, but I know he got carded. And he and he was uh, crying and oh my god, just it, 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 ugh. <laughs> Good job today though. They they switched uh, they switched errors to that side. Um, so sure. Rakowski could yeah. do something. All right. So next we're gonna go with the youngster, Ignacio Alaseda. 
you know, it's funny. To me, he he was when he had the ball. He and I said this to Pat via Texas. He's special. You can see why they paid him, why they spent what they did to get him. This kid has some incredible talent. If he continues to develop at any sort of level, Pat's comment back was, "They're gonna. He's gonna go. He's gonna go somewhere in Europe for a lot of money." And I couldn't agree more. He he is special on the ball. For a number ten, he was dynamic when he got in the ball involved. When he had the ball, it was dangerous. He's the one that set up a lot of those chances in the first, late in the first half, early in the second half. To me, he was the best player in the field for the Fire tonight. He, in my opinion, and I and I have him as a seven. Again, why a seven? They only got one goal and it was off a set piece. He needs to do more than that. But when he's on the ball, he's dynamic and he does set up players in positions to score if he's not doing it himself. I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think he was the best player on the field. I think, um, you know, soccer Twitter was very excited about him and I was a little cooler on him. Like I was looking at the cost of Barco when he came over and, and the performance of, you know, how all Seder looks versus Barco before he came to the MLS. And I was like, I'm not sure if this guy's going to do something. And I thought I was right after the first three games, we didn't see much of him. And now he looks fat. He looks great. Um, I don't think he's a traditional 10. Um, I think he's playing more of sort of a, a center forward companion. Um, but yeah, he looks great on the ball, like stronger than I thought, as fast as we all thought he was. Um, he doesn't make any like amazing passes, but he makes the right pass, usually makes a simple pass. Um, and his hold up play is really good too. Like really, I just, he's fun to watch. You, you know, and it's funny is when he came out and, he wasn't. He didn't play in the bubble. Obviously, he got there right before. He didn't get a chance to play before, uh, before COVID. You know, the the COVID height, COVID nineteen hiatus. And then in the bubble, he didn't really play at all. And there are some questions about it. And think about it. He's what? He's nineteen, twenty years old. He's going to a new country in the middle of a pandemic. That's a lot to ask out of any. He's there. There's a whole lot of things. You get to a new country, and the first thing you do is you're immediately locked down. Um, yeah, he, he's, he's 20 years old. That's a lot to ask for somebody. And I don't, and it doesn't sound like he bounced from based on everything I've heard from Pat and conversations. He didn't react. He didn't respond. Well, probably responded what you'd expect out of a typical 20 year old, to be honest. And now that, now that he's back in a setting, he's a lot more comfortable with, you can tell the development is there. You can tell this, you can tell why they spent, why they went and got him and made him a designated player, at least for now sounds like he might be the one bought down eventually but he, he he's a spe- to me he's a special talent if they if wiki is what i think he is he's going to get something out of him eventually he's going to move overseas for a lot of money so all right gaston jimenez you know initially i, I had what you were talking about earlier you, you were not a fan of his his show today you know it was funny when I initially I had him, I think at a seven, six or a seven, he he was solid. Again, his hold up play, because they were playing that high press. There's a lot on him to slow those attacks down, and when they were on the front foot, he was a lot of doing a lot of blocking the attacks and getting it back into the backing into the attacking half. However, when I went back and looked at the goals, there are a couple like the last two. It's like he's more involved than he realized, and again. For somebody who's supposed to be your engine and supposed to be one of your stronger players, 
I have a higher expectation. So I gave it, ultimately I gave him a five because his, the number of times he slowed down their attacks was really good. But when two of the three goals, he's the one I've got him. I've got notes on him standing around. That's not the, not the effort you want to, you expect from somebody who's at the level he is. I expect better from him. And maybe that's just, I have a high bar for him because when they, when they're good, he's, when they win, he's usually very, very good. Um, I mean, and I think back to that New England game before we went on hiatus, he stepped on the field and dominated that Cincinnati game. His fingerprints were all over that game. The Seattle game they won, his fingerprints were all over that game tonight. He did a lot of slowing him down, but like I said, the two goals, he's standing. So that's really interesting. I, I honestly didn't notice that he was, you know, usually like, you know, when like a bad play happens, you try to get off camera. So like, it's not memorialized as your fault. I did not see him in uh, in those goals, but I'll take your word for it because um, I thought he had a fabulous game. But now that you mentioned he was he was on camera for all the all the failings, maybe he didn't. Uh, I really enjoyed him. I loved like he had a few nice like just like technical moves, like really close to goal. He had this really ballsy. He headed the ball off the back of his head as a pass back, like. Like, how do you even know the guy was there? I don't know. He has the confidence. I really enjoy watching him play. And I think he is sort of the press trigger, too. He's the guy that's going to push up into the um, the attacking third of the opponent and close off that, that easy pass, sure. that first pass. I think when he moves forward, that's a key for everyone to get up. Um, so I think he is a critical piece. Obviously, they lost today. And so when a critical player... Uh, when you're a critical player and you lose three one, I guess he deserves uh, a lion's share of the criticism. So I love watching and, him, though. I think, oh, I think and, he's a, a great addition. I, I agree. Oh, I, I I agree. And again, I think the I have the bar really high for him as part of it. And mm. if you go back and look at him, if you go back on MLS's on the MLS feed and look at the two goals, the Tinder home goal kind of Tinder home goals kind of surprised me. He's the one closest to it, and you realize he's not watching Tinder home. He's He's got, he's on Morales. He's watching Morales. And then when that ball goes to Tinner home, it's like, oh crap kind of thing. So, all right. So we're going to move that, on to. I mean, I have to ask really quick. I'm like, why is Jimenez the person that's in the box trying to defend? Isn't he your eight? Well, he's your six. I mean, theoretically, he's, he's either a pairing eight or he's a six, depending on how you all want right. to pair it. But He's the when you're the closest one to the guy who winds up scoring the goal, you got to get a little bit of the blame on that one. All right, you win. You're right. Bye. <laughs> All right, we're gonna next. What we're gonna talk about is the CF. I'm gonna use the CF97 hashtag. Favorite target, Fabian Herbers. Nobody's. <laughs> I thought I thought he was fine tonight. I had no problems with. I, I gave him a six. He had his chances. I'd like to see him finish one of those. But he seemed to put himself in dangerous situations and seemed to be I, I always it's it's interesting with Herbers because like I said the, the hashtag hates him. Thinks he's garbage. I think he plays in Wiki's system the way Wiki wants it to be played, and that's why he keeps getting the run out. And and he's where he should be. He's always in the right place. Again, he had his chances tonight. That's why he only gets a six. You need to finish those chances. You're a professional, Fabian Herbers. Not that they were as easy of chances. I thought Barrich and and somebody like should be finishing, but he wasn't bad. He wasn't terrible tonight. I, I don't think he was responsible for any of the defensive shortcomings. As a, I, I gave him a six because he didn't 
finish any of his opportunities. He had a couple. He set a couple up. He just he didn't finish any of them. I love that Herbert is, is the <laughs> the point of division on on uh, fire on fire Twitter right now. Um, I didn't know it was uh, like a divisive opinion to think that Herbert's should uh, <laughs> be starting. I like I like his presence. I know I understand the role he does is different than what people wanted to do, but he covers a ton of ground. He he can get up, um, and I feel like he he creates confrontations and like limits you know opportunities. I, I really like how much ground he covers, and then when he does have a, a chance to shoot, like he just hauled off on one today. Um, goal the goal on Saturday was amazing. Mm-hmm. Not Saturday. What was that Tuesday? Wednesday. Tuesday, Tuesday. So yeah, he's an above average MLS player. And so if you're angry that he's starting, I don't know what the problem is. Like, he's, I, I, he's I get, good. I, and I'm <laughs> looking at him. Day at, the, at the end of the first half, he was like walking around on the, on the right touchline. It was really funny. Like, I think he just had been running around for the whole game. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, six is fine. Whatever. He, he was, he didn't actually get up in the face of whoever was on the right wing for that first goal. Um, the sure. ball that, the ball that, that like, um, oh, that got that played in parts. Was, was the one yeah. that he should have been up on. So mm-hmm. it was hot. It was hot today. I mean, yeah. they're wearing white as a PG 13, uh, white kits today. Um, oh, yeah. so I, oh, think, yeah. I think they got gassed. I think, I think because Herber's role is to run around like a maniac. I think he got gassed, especially fast. And if the fire's wearing white, they lose. That's just kind of how it's been as long as we've been fans. So. <laughs> they're wearing anything. <laughs> if they're not wearing, if they're not wearing the red or the navy, they're going to lose. It's just, it's a given. So, all right. Next one, we're going to go with um, my older brother's favorite target on this. Sh- you know, and he when he chimes in this show is uh, the captain. I got Francisco Calvo. I gave him a five. On the last goal, he's standing around, or on the second goal, last goal, he's standing, really marking a whole lot of nothing. But I really had nothing. His header to get him in the position to score was great, but other than that, he was he was there again. Calvo, I expect to have a bigger footprint on the game. He didn't have a Calvo goal, which is unusual for him. The last goal, like I said, he's standing in no man's land. But again, you're chasing the game. But he wasn't particularly great. He wasn't particularly terrible. He was just kind of there. So a five seems five is fair for him. Yeah. All right. Like who? Really quick. Who on the fire defense is a defensive threat um we have a lot of offensive threats on the back line i'd say all four of them are more interested in getting forward and making things happen than being a, a lockdown anything um calvo i forget someone some other great fire pod that i listened to was saying like calvo is the captain he's supposed to be the kind of sure-footed last last guy to beat and he's not he's the one that steps out he's the one that hits like the long ball uh to get those like you know, I don't know. If you, if you, I, and I used to, and I still occasionally will get to it, is the 55 1 pod, which is, um, I say it's a West, mm-hmm. it's West up yeah, in Minneapolis. West, yeah, it's amazing. Calvo apparently used to listen, they used to, they'd savage Calvo. Cause, it, and with Calvo, the thing is, is when he gets beaten, he will blame somebody else. And when he is beaten, first thing that'll happen is this hand will go up. He is looking for offside. It may not even be close, but his hand is going to go up out of instinct. And it, and we talked about Pat and I talked about this. This was uh, during the, um, the MLS is drunk tournament. 
down in Florida. <laughs> it was it was the it was the one of the it was I think Vancouver's first goal. And Pineda gets spun around, but you watch Calvo. Calvo didn't try, and that that was what my older brother always said. Will this is Pete Calvo? If he's beaten, he's not going to make any effort to try and get back into the play and salvage anything. He's beaten. He just kind of gives up on it. And when, like I said, what he is the assist tonight? That's good, Calvo. Calvo need. I, I felt Calvo was good last year because he had Schweinsteiger next to him, covering a ton of for right. any errors right. and keeping him in line. Expecting Calvo to manage a defense, I think, is the issue, and that will seem to be the same issue in Minnesota. But when he had Schweinsteiger next to him, he didn't have to manage the defense. Schweinsteiger took care of that piece for him. It was more, now he's expected to do a little more because our next one, Mauricio Pineda. I Again, he scored the goal, so you got to give him some credit for that. Always have to. Um, his step out on the first one, I had him... I had him written as a seven. I think I'm going to bump him back to a six because of that goal. He get, he scored the goal, but ultimately Keaton Parks was his guy. If, if Sekulich isn't stepping up, that's kind of on him as well. You know, if he tells him to step up and he doesn't, he shouldn't be running out of the back. But I don't yeah. know. I, I, I kind of, like I said, he scored the goal, so that puts him on the upside. But at the same time, the first goal, he's one of the two responsible for. So six or seven, I'm kind of torn on that one. What do you What do you think, Brian? I mean, it's funny. Both Pineda and Calvo, our are, are center backs, were the two people responsible for getting that goal. Uh, if they had the exact same performance, I think you have to demand more of Calvo than you do of Pineda at this point in their careers and their responsibilities, right? So, yeah, Pineda, give him a, a six or a seven. I mean, he scored again. He, he does a lot of little stuff you don't notice. Like, he can close down what could be a breakaway really well. Um, but again, he's kind of a marauding center back, just like Calvo. Like, between the two of them, both of them want to get up and do stuff. And, like, he gets up, he breaks that first line, and, like, then he, he, he got stuck a few times, you know? It reminds me of, like, Baki Samari used to do that too, like poke through between that first line and then look for something brilliant and nothing's there. And then, oh, look, now there's like three guys around the other. Um, so this is probably one of Mo's weaker games. I, I'd still give him a six or a seven. Sure. And, and, and maybe part of it was Calvo as a captain. I expect more from him than I do from Pineda. But so, yeah, okay. All right, so Boris Sekulich, last field player we're going to cover. Uh, second to last field player, because I'll do Sparrow at the end. I'm going to get Collier in there. And I get it. Uh, I'm just going to touch on this now. Bronico, Gutierrez, Johnny, even Johnny B and Azira. I don't have enough on them to really assess anything. Yeah, nothing Johnny to B, say. I do want to say Azira is playing right back, though, in that when he, he got swept in. Correct. He, he was at right back, but, it, again, it, they were chasing the game at that Sekulich, I don't have a lot of positives for him tonight. Um, and I don't, did, I, did we skip Navarro altogether? I think I we skipped over Navarro. Navarro. <laughs> All right, we'll get, we'll come back to Navarro. Let's get let's get the outside backs quickly. Sekulich, the first goal he didn't step up on. Third goal, he's six yards away from anybody. Not his strongest performance overall. And I get he, maybe in the build-up play he was a little better, but overall, I, I, I again, I, I expect more for him. I do expect a bit from him. I gave him a three for tonight. I was not impressed at all 
when two of the three goals I have your name in my, on my score on my notes, that's not a positive. So that's where I went with Sekulich. Yeah, I can't disagree. I I do want to mention though that he again, Wiki wants to play this continental style, and the way he's shaped this team with your fullbacks being offensive weapons, and sure. like in the offensive half looks amazing. He looks great. I mean, he's so calm. He makes some great um, sort of square passes or forward passes. Him and Frankowski have an interesting relationship in that Frankowski again has to stay wide. Um, but in defense, you know, when you're called a defender, it probably should be part of your arsenal. I, I, yeah, he looked, he looked bad. He did not look, um, I think the, I don't know, fire fullbacks are, are attacking weapons, and I think we need to find a defender that plays defense a little better. And that's not a burn. They look really great when they're on the attack. Sure. And and in, in a game against, like, FC Cincinnati, you can get away with it. And maybe you're right. They need somebody who can just straight-out defend, and maybe that's where Johnny B needs to come back in because Johnny B is a straight-out defender, and he will defend amongst, you know. He looked rough. He looked rough today. I like Johnny B, too. And he, he did. He he looked. He kind of looked lost, but again, as you're chasing the game, he's going to yeah, do that sometimes. All right, so Miguel Angel Navarro. We skipped him, which means he really wasn't impressive. I have a four written down. I, I think I crossed it out and had a five written at one point. He was there. He's just a guy. The first goal came in off his side. Um, there, was a, there was an opportunity at, in the first half, I can recall distinctly, they it wanted to be a corner kick, but it looked like they were NYCFC was crying for a penalty, and I thought they had a valid case. Again, I he's to me he was just a guy tonight. Yeah, Navarro bulldozed uh, two two city players today in the box and, and didn't get uh, didn't get called for either one, which is great. But the fact that he was running two of them down from behind and knocking them down, it's like what is he doing? Um, it's at, at a left back. Uh, we're talking about Bornstein, who I think is sort of like the de facto captain of this team, and he's not starting because Navarro has such potential going the other way. Um, and he, uh, until this game, he's been my most pleasant surprise. Like he looked, sure. he looks great. He's athletic. He reminds me of like Quincy. He's got this sort of dyna- dynamism, and he's mm-hmm. doing like scorpion kick clearances and getting way mm-hmm. forward. It's awesome to watch. But then on the on the backside, on the defending side, every goal today came from where he was supposed to be or where he was uh, or where it started. And that's not, I mean, that's why I mean, I've loved watching him play so far. But if Bornstein's your lockdown defender, like the guy that no matter what is going to do the right thing or take the right angle, mm-hmm. and you lose him to put Navarro higher up, I don't know. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give Navarro a four, <laughs> an enthusiastic four. An enthusiastic. I like that. An enthusiastic four. So and okay. We have, so. A, we have a losing team that's very fun to watch, and I think that's because our defenders are great attackers. Sure. Okay. So we're we're gonna well, like I said, we're gonna do Sparrow last. So we got Elliot Collier, who comes on. I gave him a five. And, and I know again, he's another one like like Herbers that that the hashtag <laughs> yeah. that the hashtag hates. The thing with Collier, it, it, he came on for Barrich because I, I again I didn't think Barrich was good tonight, but he almost turned Sean Johnson back into the Sean Johnson from the fire. I remember that was a mistake waiting to happen. Uh-huh. And had he scored that goal, that would have been would have been the epitome of 
I was never a big Sean Johnson fan. I'm an ex goalkeeper. I thought I think Sean Johnson is a great shot stopper. I don't think he has a head for the game as a goalkeeper. He proved that again with that whole breakdown that almost that Collier almost capitalized on. He got back to make the save ultimately, but a five for that. He again, you're brought on to score goals. You need to score goals. You didn't do that tonight, but. He did create an opportunity out of nothing, so that's why I got a five for him. I, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm stealing this from my own Twitter from this week, but sure. when you play FIFA and you just mash a ton of buttons together, sometimes you string together a series <laughs> of amazing moves. <laughs> like you'll do like a croquetta to like what is like flip around and like you're clear and it looks like you know what you're doing. But, like, you know <laughs> the next move is going to be bonkers and you're going to screw it up because you're out of control. That's kind of how Collier plays, and I'd love to watch it. I'd love that he exists. I don't know if he should be your striker <laughs> uh, with the sub-in for Barrick or Barrett. Um, I like. I think Collier is an interesting guy because, like, you bring on this sort of gangly dude that actually has really good footwork. And it's just like, <laughs> what do you think of this dude? See, see, uh, see if you can manage this, this weird, like, giraffe <laughs> And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. And he's, he seems like an extremely lucky guy. That he just happens to run into weird chances all the time. And sometimes he can finish those chances, and he's ready for them, and sometimes he can't. Um, he's made some killer goals, and there's other, like, open net opportunities that he, like, stumbles into, like an adorable Bambi, and then just can't, can't get into the net. I love I love it. He's the X Factor. He would have been CJ. Right. I, mean, I, I, I love I love the fact the smashing of buttons in the FIFA game is how you analyze college because that's perfect to me. That that's actually the best analogy that will probably wind up being written up some point. All right. So now we've got we're now we're down to the goalie, which is my world. Like I said, I'm an ex goalkeeper. Kenny Cronholm's out for the year. Bobby uh, Bobby Shuttleworth tweaked a groin during the week during the game against FC Cincinnati finished it out, but he wasn't available tonight. So we get Connor Sparrow. Connor Sparrow looked like what you would expect a USL goalie playing in MLS would look like tonight. Okay. He, he looked again, jumping all, he looked jumpy. He didn't look calm. He didn't look collected at any point. He made the save early. I thought he'd settle down. I don't think he ever did. Two of the three goals, he went down a knee and kind of threw an arm out. There was no dive at it. Either either his angle is wrong that he thinks it's going wide, or he just didn't have a chance. And to me, that means you should be throwing your body down at it in any way. I wasn't impressed with him tonight. And again, he's a number three for a reason. Um, I, I guess Gaga either isn't ready or I'm not sure. Um, I think Sparrow, I guess at this point, I think Sparrow brings more to the table. I think obviously Gago is the future because he's still 16. Um, mm-hmm. So I gave Sparrow a three. I guess you give up three goals. You're not going to get a high rating anyway. He didn't make any saves to prevent any. He's made saves, but there were none that were things you didn't expect him to make. A professional mm-hmm. goalie should make them. If you want a good number, you have to make saves that you're not aren't routine, and he didn't do that tonight. So I have a three for him. I, I was not impressed with Connor with the Connor Sparrow experiment. I'm glad he's an RN. 
God bless them for that. But you're an, when you're playing an MLS game, I expect you to be able to do MLS things. He didn't do that today. He looked like a U.S. goalie in an MLS game. Well, uh, it's the most specialized position of a, of a sport that has lots of specialization. So I'll defer to you since you know the position. Um, it seems like if Cronholm was in there or if um, Shuttleworth was in there, they probably could have made one of those three stops. I don't know if they could have made two, and this would have come out a draw. Um, but yeah, it seemed like his footwork was a little off. Um, you know, the caveat or the bonus for TV is he is a hunk. He's a good-looking <laughs> dude. Uh, uh, yeah, the fire this year is a, is a group of, of handsome, handsome gentlemen. So good for marketing and good like for um, first responders. I guess it's fair to say you watched the game with your wife tonight because that, that, that seems like a comment directly that would come from <laughs> no, we're not. And that's impressive. Um, hey, I'm all for it. <laughs> I'm all. For, I'm there for it. it we got to look at this all the way through and get. Do you get not think the else. team is, is uh, there's been an upgrade of attractiveness? Um, Wiki, the Wiki's hair game is, is strong. I mean, Wiki's, you get a seven on hair alone. Wiki's hair game is incredible. <laughs> okay, I'm glad we agree on that one. No, we we absolutely do. Um, and you know, he he looks like the. He, he looks like a poor man's version of uh, what, what uh, Jurgen Klopp. I mean, he, yeah, he looks like a really professor type. Yeah. yeah, he but he does he doesn't have the trophies Jurgen Klopp has yet. I, but I I I I do like the wiki hire. I've talked about it before. I'm definitely impressed with it. Um, and I, you know what? And I want to touch on a couple of other things, and we're going to wrap it up. This took longer than yeah, I thought, yeah. but this has been fun. So one is the fact that you know Herbert's gets savaged by the hashtag because I think everybody wants Georgie Mihalovic out there. There's a reason why Georgie Mihalovic isn't playing. Um, Herbert, like I said, he plays within the system better, and that's that. And the other is and that that was I didn't even want to comment. I just wanted to touch on that real quick. And the other is speaking of so we so we've upgraded to Wiki in the hair in the look in the hair game. One Velko Panovic has resurfaced at, at Reading. Reading, yes. <laughs> <laughs> What, do good, we good do we them. take are we uh, so which which Velko Panovic are they going to get are they going to get the one that the scatterbrained one that ran roughshod over the fire and had Bastian Schweinsteiger and couldn't do a damn thing with them or were they going to get the one that won the world the 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 uh, was it the under twenty three or the under twenty World Cup with with Serbia you know was it Serbia that he won with I believe it was Serbia but he I mean uh, yeah U twenty ones yeah. That he won the Youth World Cup. I mean, this, this. Which one do you think they're going to get out of this? The brilliant one that won the World Cup.